0: Can I take my my social...
1: information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed neither peter j deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed always consult with a qualified investment legal or tax professional before taking any action
2: on today's show we'll break down a retirement readiness checklist to help you ensure you're on the right track Hi,
0: this is Coach Pete, and if you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Financial Safari. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is
3: Financial Safari. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Of course, Kevin Frisbee is here. Kevin is with uh, Frisbee and Associates. He's president of Frisbee and Associates. He's an author, uh, best-selling uh, author, in my opinion, every dime every day, and uh, so much more. Hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, Steve, how are you doing this weekend? Very, very well, thanks. And I know that um, I, I like the, you know, we are, we are at least me, I like lists. I like to check things off my list to make sure, you know what I mean? Helps me feel organized. And, and I think a retirement readiness checklist is really good that can perhaps help build confidence going into retirement. And, and uh, as, as we sort of jump into this, the one, and I'm sure it's a question you ask all the time, uh, so when do you want to retire? And
2: and what's the answer? Do you get a solid answer? Uh, Sometimes I do. It's it's a fun question for me actually because that's when we start to gauge where people are or what their thought process is and when they can retire, when they want to retire. And that's usually in the early part of the conversation when we do the free consultation. People come into the office, we chit chat a little bit. What's going on? What brought you in? What are you hoping to accomplish today? And you know a couple other parts of the conversation, and then usually it gets right to. What's your expectation to retire? I mean, you're ex, ex age this year. When do you think before you come in here today, when do you think you might want to retire? And that kind of opens the door of discussion for me to be able to understand where people are coming from. Because if somebody comes in there sixty years old and they say, Well, I really don't really want to retire till I'm seventy, okay, that that's fine. Let's let's figure out how to how to make that work efficiently. But if somebody comes in there 60 saying, I want to retire yesterday, how do I do that? Um, that changes that conversation up a little bit. But but I Again, for me to understand where people are coming from and what their expectation is, I can help kind of mold what they have for for assets and an income plan and all the other data and detail around what their goals are.
3: Well, and again, you've said before that sometimes, and this is the good part, they will say, well, I I think I need to work another five years or eight years. And you can say, nope, you can retire next year.
2: (laughs) And and it doesn't mean they, they want to retire next year, but to, right. to that point, if if they go to work now, then they have a comfort level and they have a plan laid out that I've helped them do, right? That they now know that they can get done if they want to, it changes your attitude at work. I, I know it does because that's the feedback that I get from people. And, and the other thing is when you build out a plan, you want to build it with the worst case scenario numbers. Meaning let's lay out a plan with, it, let's say you, you uh, start collecting Social Security at 62 as early as you can. Mm-hmm. Let's build that number into your budget need, into that whole layout plan strategy and figure out what that looks like. Because now obviously the longer you work and delay taking Social Security and, and delay taking a distribution from your investment uh, accounts, those type of things, that the, the numbers just get better as time goes on. But you want to build it as a worst case scenario saying, hey, if I had to start collecting Social Security at 62, what does this look like? If I had to start drawing money to supplement my supplement my income at 62, what does that look like? Or even earlier, what does that look like?
3: Right. And as we, so again, the the date and then we're talking about a retirement readiness checklist and income has got to be pretty much near the top of the list. Okay. Once you figure out when you're going to retire, okay, how am I going to have money to get me all the way through this?
2: That's right. So if you look at what you have for assets, you come in here and say, all right, what's your, my, one of my questions anyway is what's your budget need? And so what I jump on the whiteboard, I go through this process, there's four columns and there's a budget need is the first and foremost thing because we build upon that. And I don't need to see particulars of what people's budget is. You don't, you know, it's an exercise for you to just kind to compile what it's going to, what it might cost you to live on a monthly basis. Counting all the basics you're running your household. It doesn't matter if you're a renter or a homeowner, there's basics to run your household that has to be counted in that part. And then the second part of budget need is lifestyle. What do you want to do? Are you going to go fishing in Moosehead versus going to travel to Paris? I mean, there's different budget needs for different things, right? And everybody might have, a, I think, a fluctuating budget year to year, obviously, as, as things change and you want to do do things some years and not, not as many things the other years. But but if you compile a number and come up with a, a, a ballpark saying, hey, Kev, I need this amount, then we can build the rest of that plan upon that that ballpark number that you bring to the table.
3: Okay, I like that. Folks, if you want to get a head start and give Kevin a call, it's 800-989-5649. That's the number. So we're going through a retirement readiness checklist. And um, yeah, you've got to talk about social security and pension and and how to maximize if you're fortunate enough to have a pension and everybody's going to get social security, but to maximize those.
2: Yeah, and let me, let me step back just a second before I answer that, Steve. So I want to get back to that budget need I want people to understand the two things that most people forget to add to the budget need. When, so if you're going to compile this and trying to put that plan together, h- healthcare cost, especially if you retire before 65, before you get on Medicare, what does that look like? And income taxes. Those are the two things because you got to build those in. It, if you told me you needed $6,000 a month, well, I'm going to tell you you need $7,000 a month just because of income taxes. So I just want to touch on that. So sure. if you are listening to the show, you want to compile that, make sure you count healthcare costs and income taxes into that. And then to your point, Steve, then you've got most people have either a pension or social security benefits, Mainstay state retirement, wherever they're listening to the show, they've got some sort of guaranteed income that's gonna come in, or maybe a combination of both. And uh, maybe you have, uh, you know, you live in Maine, obviously, and this Maine is one of 14 states that have the windfall elimination provision, meaning you're penalized basically for working in a private sector, social security. If you go to work for Mainstay state retirement, all of a sudden, they're both not gonna pay you the full amount they kind of do that offset behind the curtain, so to speak, and and debate how much each one's going to pay you. So you got to figure out what those are. If you're a state employee or a federal employee and listen to the show, Lance Gilman, who is one of our top guys here, he's a st- uh, state and federal employee retirement specialist certified. So we've got you know kind of the, the people, the expertise that we can bring to the table to talk with those people to figure out what the elimination provision means for you, are you going to be subject to it? Uh, how does that change your income and uh, and all of those type of things?
3: And again, as you start to look at all of that and and uh, I mean to take advantage of the skills that that you know really the team that you've put together really sort of covers the bases on in terms of what you need, how you're going to get there. Um, and again, what about annuities? I mean, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're not, but it needs to be discussed.
2: It it does have to be part of the or should be part of the discussion. You're right. Um, I, I had somebody in here just a few days ago chuckling because they they had brought their their uh, their accounts, what they where they had money and those type of things. And I was down on a SACO office actually I met this gentleman and he comes in and I'm going through his statement and I I, I made him comment he had a, a a variable annuity and I said oh you got a variable annuity and thankfully you don't have very much money in it compared to the rest of your assets and he laughed and he says I've heard you say that on a radio show so. To, to that point that annuities as part of the discussion, number one, if you've got one that is not a good fit, we need to fix and correct that. So if you've got a variable annuity or something like that that might not be the best fit for you might be very expensive. Let's talk let's have you come in talk through this, see if we can get you out of it and and and, uh, and make you whole again. Or secondly, if you're trying to put a, a plan together where you have a pension type income, let's say you don't have a pension at work, but you want to take some of your retirement monies and turn it into that guaranteed lifetime income. An annuity might be the fit to do that. So you could carve off part of your retirement monies into an account with an insurance company and the insurance company is going to pay you a certain amount every single month guaranteed until the day you die to kind of replace a pension and supplement your Social Security. So it could be a good idea in some cases to, to entertain, bring in to the table, Stephen, in some of the planning process. Well, you mentioned something I think it's
3: important because I I think there are a lot of people out there who have been sold annuities over the years and and maybe even forgot about it or realize now it may not be the best thing. I think it's really important that you're willing to take a look at that and say, hey, we can fix it or we can't. But but again, just for you to take a look and begin to incorporate all of that in
2: the overall plan. And and the other thing is, some people that work with certain firms, they put them in these these uh, these variable annuities, and they're inside the brokerage statement, and you don't even realize sometimes. So if you've got a statement, do yourself a favor first. You know, go through the and flip through the statement. If if it says a variable annuity, give a call for that alone. We want to we want to talk through this and see. So, you know, see what it's costing you. See if it's the right fit or not. And to that point, Steve, there's brokers out there that sell these things that sometimes don't disclose that they sell them inside the portfolio. Believe it or not, P- clients don't know. And, and secondly, they sell them, and the clients know that they've got a, a variable annuity or some sort of annuity, and it just is not the right fit. It's sold. The, the, you know, somebody with an insurance-only license sold them a product because that's what they could sell, and and not doing the right thing for them, and kind of stuffed them into something that they they shouldn't be in. So again. There's a lot of variations of these. Uh, I would say if you've got anything like it, come into the office, let's sit down, do a comparison, see if it's a fit or not.
3: And again, one last thing is tax management, and we talk about
2: taxes every week on the show, but it's that important. I don't know anybody that comes in the office anymore that is not concerned about tax income taxes. And, I, and I'd agree with that. you know, i'm I'm concerned as well. For my clients and my personal self for that for that reason is, Everybody in Washington seems to be talking about raising taxes. So guess what's going on with, with taxes? Taxes are going to go higher. How do we get in front of that? How do we make sure we're positioning our investments right now, today, before the rates change? And if, if and when they do go higher, how do we position to make sure we don't get eaten alive by, by income taxes, making the proper distribution choices, making sure it's alloc, our investments are allocated correctly. We've got tax efficient, ETF portfolios that we had designed and approved by the SEC in 2019. Meaning, if somebody comes in with non retirement monies, we can actually do a tax efficient investment within that ETF so that most of that money can be tax deferred, even if it's not a retirement account. I don't know if I've ever said that on the radio before, but if, if somebody's out there with a lot of money that might not be retirement monies and you're getting eaten alive because of income taxes and capital gains, those type of things, we can have a conversation and see if some of our portfolio might be a fit for some of your money.
3: All right. I like that. 800-998-5649. And on that note, uh, Kevin, why don't we just open up the lines and invite folks to call and and just have the conversation?
2: Sounds great, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. This review is a $499 value. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation.
3: Hey, folks, Kevin and the team at Frisbee and Associates understand how to make that happen. They take that complex financial world, turn it into something that just makes sense. It is a true practical financial review, and it's a phone call away at 800-998-5649. Ten callers right now get that comprehensive financial review. You will see where you are today, yes, but most importantly, it does become that roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be and where you want to be when it comes to retirement. 800 800- 998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649.
2: Choosing a financial advisor is a big decision. When we come back, I've got a list of questions you should ask an advisor before you decide to do business.
0: In retirement, some people like to take it easy. Let's see, to nap or not to nap. And some people like to go, go, go.
4: And then we went to St. Thomas, then New Orleans, then our grandson's soccer game, then for the theater in New
0: York, to Bora, Bora You know what the beauty of it is? It's your choice. Ah, live it like you want. If you have the right plan. Enter Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649, 800-998-5649. <laughs> funny money or not so funny money this time we're talking about funny money benjamin franklin said a penny saved is a penny earned but how much is a penny really worth well technically still one cent but it depends on when it was minted if it's a pre-1982 penny the copper in it's actually worth more pennies made before 1982 were 95 percent copper Since 2000, the price of copper has risen dramatically, making the meltdown value of these pennies more than the face value of the coin. Based on per pound current value of copper, the copper in each pre-1982 penny is worth 1.7 cents. Melted down, its value is 70% higher. But wait, don't go melting down your pennies just yet. It's illegal. Hold on to them though. If the penny is ever discontinued as legal tender, then melt away. (laughs) I'm Dave Perkins with Funny Money.
3: Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Financial Safari. I'm consumer advocate Steve Sudol. Uh, Kevin Frisbee, of course, is here. Kevin is author of a great book called Every Dime Every Day. He's president of Frisbee and Associates, an independent fiduciary, uh, a great team of folks. And this is, you know, we've had similar segments th- like this, Kevin, but I think it's important that that people understand the questions they should be asking you, because I know you recommend, you say interview a couple or you know, two or three different advisors before you make the decision. But as you do that as a potential client, you really need to ask some pretty important questions like what we're going to go through here.
2: Like, well, I already know the answer to this one. What do you like about your job, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny. What do I like about my job? I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do as you, as you well oh, yeah. know. And, and so I'm chuckling a little bit because I had somebody come in and I, I encourage this by the way, to go interview two or three uh, advisors slash brokers, make sure they're securities licensed, the proper licensing, make sure they're fiduciaries, but then interview them and then come back to the table. And somebody was in my office a few weeks ago, and I think I was the first uh, interview being done. And they, were, they had one or two others to, to go talk with. And they had a list of questions for me, fine. And uh, so I said, listen, I give them a copy of my book. And I, I, I smiled when I did, I said, Read my chapter A because I wrote a whole chapter on what to ask a financial advisor before you do business. <laughs> so and, and he looked at me and he looked at my book and he says, I think I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And he did, and he did come back. But it's important stuff. You're dealing with your money, you're dealing with the rest of your life in some some instances. So you want to make sure that you know who you're talking to is gonna be right fit. It's not just the licensings and, and being a fiduciary, that's all critically important. But it's a comfort level, it's an understanding, it's a do I can I do I want to work with this person type of type of thing? You have to have all that kind of fit together.
3: Well, generally speaking, it's a long term relationship that you have or that clients have with you, and and that's the goal. And so you've got to feel comfortable. All right, can I can I age or can I get a little bit older as you know you get older as well, and and that's how that relationship builds. And you, I mean, again, you've got clients going back to probably your first
2: week on the job. I I do. My very first client is uh, still in the books. And so we we hardly lose anybody, Steve. In fact, when we lose somebody, honestly, it's, it's somebody passing away. And so our clients are long-termers, and we've built up a great practice, and, and for the most part, people are really, really happy with what we've done. And part of that energy, the passion of why we do what we do is to educate people. Motivation through education is our mantra on our seminar platform. That comes across to our clients, too. We're, we're in it for our clients' best interests, and there's no getting around that. And you, you can't leave our office without knowing that that's the case. Right, and that is very
3: important. And the kinds of things that you provide, uh, you know— at Frisbee and Associates, you have built truly a one-stop shop. And I know that's oversimplifying things, but you pretty much cover it all. And again, that is not something that all advisors have.
2: No. And and on purpose. We've talked about this before. The reason we built that kind of holistic plan, the one-stop shop, call it what you'd like. I've kind of built the practice trying to solve the complaints that I've heard people leaving other brokers or advisors coming to us. And so some of those complaints are have been. Well, my broker advisor doesn't talk about social security planning or my broker advisor doesn't talk about income tax minimization when I'm doing distributions or required minimum distribution planning or long-term care planning or Medicare planning or legal planning, making sure my assets are, are taken care of after after you know something happens, making sure the legal planning's done. So to me, All of that is a giant puzzle that has to fit together. And it's like a big engine working with the pistons working, working all together. At the end of the day, if there's something not running to proficiency, it could affect negatively the rest of the... The portfolio and everything else going on, right? Boy, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of moving pieces for sure. When
3: and you mentioned this, and and we talk about it, I guess probably in one form or another, most every week is being a fiduciary, and and that really is important. Um, and it's not something that you can just say I'm a fiduciary, but you really are, and that means you're putting our interest
2: before yours. And that's critically important to people that understand what that means. And if you don't know what, excuse me, if you don't know what that means. A fiduciary license advisor and there's only 15 percent of us one five percent across the country that have a fiduciary license by the way so don't make really? the assumption i didn't realize it was that low it's it's it, oh it's only 15 percent, steve it's low wow. and so there's 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 talk about new legislation being enacted again Forcing people to have a fiduciary license, otherwise they won't be able to give financial advice to anybody on the planet. And I agree with that in a lot of ways. And so, and again, we would welcome that. We would be, have a, a, we would take on a bunch of new advisors and take the, the new influx of business here at Frizzman Associates if that happened. So at the end of the day, a fiduciary license advisor is mandated by law. It's just saying we have to work in our client's best interests and put our interests behind us. That's it. That's a simple thing. You would think that anybody you would entrust money to. Or investments to or, or insurance products to would be in that position and they are not. They're in a what they call suitability provision which means they can sell you something that they got in their bag but it might not be the best fit for you. But they think it is. Well they think it is because they <laughs> work for a company XYZ you know box company that is a, a you know big national firm that has these products and they they do these advertising on television so you think they're great reputable companies and, and by the way they are but is that product line appropriate for your need? if if that person comes to your house or your business or you go to their office and they're selling xyz investment or prop you know product or or variable annuity you got to ask yourself what's what's the what's in it for them is, is what you got to ask yourself of course. And, and and why are they recommending that we go through that when somebody comes to the office i go through the differences between brokers and a fee-based advisor like what we do, and what's what's in it for for them versus us, those type of things. So people leave our office, I think having a good education on the types of brokers out there. So if you're looking to pick an advisor, if you're taking advantage of the consultation with us, do it and just shop us. And I think you'll you'll be rewarded with just the education by by itself.
3: One of the other things that goes hand in hand with the fiduciary is your compensation. And you are so transparent when it comes to that. Uh I mean it's it's I mean, you know. Everybody knows what they're paying, and and you know you got to get paid, and I know how it's happening.
2: Yes, yeah, so it, this is very unusual for people. Again, we're very transparent about this. People need to know, and they should know. Uh, I was just sitting down in a psycho office again uh, with a gentleman just a, a week ago, or maybe two weeks ago now. Time slips by me, but he come in with this statement, you know, several hundred thousand dollars, near a million dollars, and he says. My wife and I talked and we like, we don't have any idea what we're paying and it's pretty notorious for this particular company not to disclose the fees on the statement. And I went through and I said, let us do the portfolio x-ray, we're going to do the analysis, it's going to do a breakdown of your risk, your returns and your fees and then we'll circle back around, we'll book a time to have you come back and then we'll go through that data." So then we can make some recommendations or or at least show you our portfolios and then now you can have an apples to apples discussion when you leave our office to decide if you want to come back or not but but again if i have to disclose the fees or what somebody's paying what's uh, w- with another broker what's the problem with that i mean they're, they're not being transparent why i mean Maybe it's okay, but maybe maybe you feel okay about that. But you got to ask yourself why? Why don't I know the fees that I'm paying?
3: <laughs> well, that's a good question. You should know, <laughs> right. absolutely, right? And and again, that I mean, that's certainly what you do. And um, we we talk about you've mentioned this before too. Now, when you say, does your firm
2: hold my money and investments? I know the answer to that, but
3: that's a good question.
2: That's a great question. And I cover this in the meeting too, but I'll cover it since you asked this. So we use uh, custodians, uh, third party custodians. Like Charles Schwab, Fidelity Investments, TD Ameritrade, firms like that to hold our clients' money. And I'll use Bernie Madoff as a great example. He's not a great example, but he's an example in this in this case. So Bernie Madoff, who passed away a couple months ago, he was the biggest Ponzi scheme uh, guy ever to steal. You know, the amount of money he stole: sixty-six billion dollars, based out of New York City. His firm, Madoff Associates, took receipt of clients' money, and then he sent from his office statements saying whatever he wanted to, basically, of the clients' money. So we don't take receipt of the money. We use third parties like TD Ameritrade, Fidelity and Charles Schwab where well, we do a direct transfer of our clients' money to those firms, and that allows us to give uh, get discretionary authorization to make if investment choices and changes within your your account that are held at those firms.
3: Right, and and those are the kinds of things that that people need to be aware of. You know, I I do a segment on some of these other shows called brokers behaving badly, and inevitably, that's the, that's the tell is when the, that broker behaving badly keeps the money and transfers it to, you know, not a well-known place other than his uh, his account.
2: Yeah, you want to be very, very careful of giving your assets over to a broker that has uh, their firm handle your money directly and hold it directly that, there's legitimate firms out there that do that but that's a very big risk that people are taking and it's not necessary by the way y- you don't have to work with a broker that doesn't have uh, you know those other companies in their backdrop right
3: and again so how, how often are you going to be in
2: touch with me once once i'm you know once we're a client You know, that's a great question. So it depends on the client's needs, obviously. Most of the clients want to meet every six months and go through the investments of what's going on. I love the conversations that we have. So here's another example with some of these brokers out there versus what we do. If you go to a broker and they put you in a loaded mutual fund portfolio, they get paid a commission up front. They get an annual fee or whatever they get on the mutual fund that they sold you. And then you meet him every six months, him or her every six months. And then they say, hey, you know, maybe we should make some changes and do something this, do something that you think they're doing you a favor. And guess what? By, by them making changes, putting you into different investments, again, different mutual funds, they're getting another commission to do that. And versus our conversation is since we do fee-based, we're actively making five, six, seven transactions every single month within every client's portfolio. So every six months when we sit with our clients and meet, my question is, hey, have you been watching, what we've been doing for the last six months. There's an inherent conflict of interest doing these loaded mutual funds and having somebody get paid those additional charges every single time, broker get paid every single time they move that money around. And I totally wanted to stay away from that. And, and you stay away from that by doing a fee based only.
3: Well, and those are the kinds of questions that you need to be asking your advisor folks. And and again, like Kevin said, you know, interview several and, and ask these kinds of questions, see what sort of answers you get. I think you're gonna like what you hear from Kevin and the team. In fact, why don't we invite
2: folks to call and. And uh, come on in and have that conversation. Great idea, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. This review is a $499 value. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques, which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation.
3: 800-989-5649. You're going to get that comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today, but more importantly, you'll end up with that roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. Call right now. It's 800-989-5649. Again, 800-989-5649.
2: Saving for retirement is important, yet many women are facing Challenges of building their nest egg. When we come back, we got some insight that could help women save more for retirement.
0: 800 998 It's your go-go years. So let's get going with another retirement road trip. We're visiting four houses from the ultra-luxurious to the ultra-modest, from historic to the mystique. Let's start with ultra-luxurious. need heading to Asheville, North Carolina, to visit Biltmore, built for George Washington Vanderbilt II. It was such a monumental task, a woodworking factory and a brick kiln operated on site, and a three-mile railroad spur was constructed to bring materials to the site. Four acres of floor space, 250 rooms, including 35 bedrooms. Also a heated pool, a bowling alley, and a gym. Any visit to the Asheville area needs to include a tour of Biltmore. The ultra-modest. Dias, Arkansas is home to Joyhood home of music legend Johnny Cash. Hey, Johnny Cash fans come from all over the world to see this very modest home and learn about You're Dias Colony. Established as a Depression-era agricultural resettlement community, it's what brought the Cash family here in the 1930s. Efforts to restore the colony began in 2009. Now you can visit Johnny Cash's home and the theater, which is a museum and the visitor center. The historic Monticello, or Monticello, nestled in the mountains of Virginia near Charlotte. It's the beloved home of Thomas Jefferson. The modern look of the home was the result of Jefferson's time as ambassador to France. He was struck with the architecture there. Walk the grounds, go inside. You'll also see Jefferson's inventions or improved upon devices, including a revolving bookstand, a copying machine, and a spherical sundial. The mystique. the mystique. You'll find the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. It was once the personal residence of Sarah Winchester, the widow of firearm magnate William Wirt Winchester. The story goes that Mrs. Winchester was told by a medium who was supposedly channeling her late husband that she must continuously build a home for herself and for the spirits of people who had fallen victim to Winchester rifles. So in the house, you'll find doors and stairs that go nowhere and other oddities. Your retirement plan can be built just how you want it and based on the lifestyle you want. And be sure to set aside enough to leave your home and visit others on your retirement road trip.
3: on Finance Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Sudow. And uh, Kevin is uh, president of Frisbee and Associates. Uh, and uh, so much more than that. We talked about fiduciary. We talked about being an independent, got a lot of experience. All of those things uh, come together to uh, make for a great firm uh, that that is Frisbee and Associates, my opinion. And uh, um, so let's talk about this. You know, women in retirement, There, are, I see a lot of stories, which is what Prompted this, where you know we see a lot of news stories and and articles about women in retirement and how they're kind of behind the eight ball. And but the the good news is,
2: it's it's something that they can overcome, right? I think it's changing, uh, but it is something that they can overcome. It's fascinating for me, Steve, to to look back over the the last several years, particularly. I you know when we have this these radio shows we do every single week, and I look at uh, who calls, and we've got a tally sheet of who calls, and. I think there's. If I had to do a count, I think there's more women that have called in to the radio show. Several more women that have called in over the years to the radio show than men. Wow! And I have speculations of why that is, and, and part of it I think is, you know, they they feel like, hey, you know, I'm responsible. There's there's more divorces. There's more things going on. There's more women working in the workforce. They're trying to get a handle on their financial matters. And I think part of the reason why we get, it seems to be more females calling is because they're looking for some advice or looking for the direction. Um, they're less likely to be the, I'm going to take care of it myself and do my own investing than a guy might might do. Um, so they're looking some, for somebody to lean on. And I, and I think part of it, I've just per, personally, from, my, from the feedback that I've heard, and this is not tooting my horn, but I think the comfort level that comes across from my voice to the radio show is us. And when people come to the office and confirm that, hey, this, these people are really like he sounds on the radio, there's a comfort level that comes with that knowing that this is our demeanor here and how we, we talk to people and how we, we we interact with people.
3: And we've had shows in the past, segments in the past, talking about gray divorce and the impact that has. And that that is a whole nother area of, of retirement planning is dealing with a divorce over 50. And, and women are particularly affected by that.
2: Yeah, they are. And, and so, again, some of these women are getting paid off and, you know, splitting the Quadro 401k accounts and retirement accounts and maybe getting bought out from the house. So there's all kinds of dynamics that go with uh, a, a divorce situation like that. So, again, women are now, maybe they were leaning on the, the husband in the household to take care of the financial matters and now that they're, they're going to, you know, take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and uh, and get their, own, get their own planning done. I, I, get, I like that. And uh, so, I mean... If a woman, if somebody is, I mean, again, there's a
3: lot of situations where she may have been at home and I realize this may, you know, I'm not trying to throw it back to the fifties, but at the same time, there's still a lot of stay at home moms today that, that need to
2: be preparing for retirement tomorrow. There, 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 totally are. So again, talking about social security planning fits in here because back when social security was, was created and back then, most women were stay-at-home moms, frankly. Not all of them, but most of them were. And the guy went to work and, and did his 40 hours and come home and, you know, you live happily ever after, right? Well, at the end of the day, when they created Social Security, there was a spousal benefit included with that so that when, when both of them got to retirement age, that they had a livable wage where the female could collect a portion of the guys and it wouldn't affect the guy's Social Security so that there could be enough income to be able to support the, the household or, or part of the household, I should say. Sure. And as that has changed over the years, again, there's still a fair amount of uh, females that stay home. Now there's some stay-at-home dads. So it works the other way. That, you know, uh, it could be that, hey, you could collect a spouse benefit on your wife's uh, Social Security benefits and, and, and figure out how, how that all works. But to that point, as this is changing now, as society changes and time goes on, more women are working and they're becoming the, the, the breadwinner in some cases. But if you look back, women historically have made 18% less money than men have made in their career choices wow. in the same careers. So I don't know why that is. And again, I, I understand that things are getting different and changing for the better and getting equal, uh, but history shows us that uh, women have been the underdog, so to speak, and now they're, they're trying to you know, grind their way and, and claw their way to where they deserve to be right well
3: and again I think in general women are, are are the nurturers they're the moms and so they're gonna you know they they're gonna want to take care of things and sometimes do things for others before they help themselves
2: Yeah. and and so again we've got women to call up and come in and, and some of them are single and someone will call up for the for the couple and and drag the husband in and which is perfectly fine because they heard something on the radio show and say you know we want to go talk to this guy invariably they come into the office we have the consultation if they're a single, they come in and say, you know, I, I really need somebody that I can trust and lean on, and and not you know fear that I'm going to be taken advantage of, and and frankly that's the case. I mean, my wife goes shopping, you know, for for stuff. or she 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 was shopping for a car a few months ago, by herself, and I I sent her on her way because I don't like car shopping. But to that point, she was going to negotiate and do the negotiation. But here she is, she's a, a you know 100 pound female sitting in a car dealership negotiating for a car, and finally. You know, in one case, I thought she was going to be taken advantage of. She wrote me in and said, Well, wait a minute. I'm not, you know, as as dumb as you're making me sound sound here. You know, look here. So women are scared sometimes that they go out into society and they're they're looked down on, and people will try to take advantage of them, especially when we're talking about money. It it comes into the mix. you got to be careful who you're talking to, but once you find that comfort level, once you come and engage with somebody, maybe we're the fit, maybe we're not the fit, but just give us the chance to sit down have the conversation. And then if we are the fit and, and, and there's a trust trust level there, bang, I mean, we have a great relationship. We move forward and, and we help you get to the end game. Uh, you know. Uh, as best as you're trying to do,
3: right? Yeah, well, I think you hit on it there too, Kevin. Where education is key, and and you said earlier that um, motivation to education is what you what you do, and that's where you women can take advantage to just learn how things are if they
2: if they're not familiar. Well, that goes for men too. I mean, knowledge is power. It really does. I mean, I'm not trying to. We're talking about women and, and money here today in this segment, but uh, obviously, you've got guys. We've got a fair amount of guys that will call up, and, and same thing. They don't want to be taken advantage of. They want. They want to have an understanding of what their investments are, who their advisor is, how they're going to guide them through, h- how things will work. how You know. Un, help me understand this this tax planning and the the Roth conversion strategies and on, I mean, I could go on and on and on with people coming in with concerns and thoughts and ideas of things that they want to have as part of the discussion. Both sides, men and women, they just want to have somebody that they can entrust in and, and guide them along and 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 not not just invest and not kind of keep them held off. I mean, I want people engaged. I want people to understand. Again, we. Oftentimes people come in, they, we, I get up on a whiteboard and I, I chuckle and I say, you didn't think you were going to school today, I know. And they laugh and say, no, we didn't really expect this. I said, that's good. That's okay. And it's good because again, I'm a teacher at heart. You're going to only get that from our advisors here for the business associates. It's the only way to go.
3: Right. And and again, I think in, in most situations, in most couples and not, I mean, it could be the man, could be the woman. Uh, one of them is more interested in the financial aspect of this than the other. So it's important for the
2: other, whether it's a man or a woman to, to get up to speed. Most times that's the case where usually one's kind of a passive, one's uh, the other person taking care of the money, so to speak. And sometimes there's a couple you know, there's a handful of houses out there where both are engaged, both want to understand what's going on. But I tell them, whether you're handling the finances in your mail film, it doesn't matter. If you're handling the finances, you want to bring your spouse or partner along anyway, because if something happens to you and you decide to work with us, I want them to know who they're going to pick up, pick up the phone and call, because there's, there's now, there shouldn't be a disconnect when when a crisis happened we if God forbid you pass away there shouldn't be a disconnect you there should be enough trust level that person willingly comes in here and asks for advice and help to, to kind of guide through those those times and that happens in the planning process I think Kevin and, and not as not not in not a moment of crisis it, it does happen that's my point we, we do that right from the from the get-go in the planning process you might come in one or two times yep I get to know kev you you got it. You you can handle it. And then that that person that handles the finances comes in, and we finish up business, whatever that might look like. Sure. But but again, that the process of the planning. You're right, Steve. That that's where the relationship starts. That's where you get you know people get to know me. I get to know them. And then again, if they come back in for that second or third appointment, or if they don't, fine. But at least they met me at least one time. Do you see people
3: as you begin to go through this process that they kind of get excited about what you're teaching?
2: Oh yeah! Oh, oh oh, for sure, all the time. I listen. I had a woman in here. She was a Howie car caller about two weeks ago now. First appointment. Drove over from, from Brunswick and uh, sat here in the Lewiston office. And I got a bath office too. But she decided she wanted to come to the uh, the main office here in Maine. And so it wasn't thirty minutes to the appointment. We had sixty minutes blocked out. She started to tear up. She says. I already feel so much better than I did when I walked in because I can see that now I have a, some sort of a plan laid out. And this is in the 30 minutes. I mean, we just happened to go in this direction and she was, con- she was single, no children, no spouse, almost 70 years old and scared a little bit to, to figure out how to make sure she doesn't run out of money. And when Understood. I jumped on the whiteboard and laid up, out that plan, again, it she could see that un- unveil. And now the comfort level started to change and grow. And it it made her joyful and uh, tear, tearfully joyful. Wow,
3: that's very cool. That's, I mean, what a satisfying part of what you do, Kevin, that's amazing.
2: You know, it is amazing. You know, (laughs) I mean, I never intended to have that kind of effect on people's lives. You know, when I started out here, I wanted to help people obviously, but at the end of the day, it's, it's been uh, amazing. What kind of impact, positive impact we have on so many people here across New England.
3: Well, folks, if you'd like to uh, have that chance to sit down with Kevin and have the conversation and uh, you know, get a little education
2: now be a great time to give them a call great idea steve for the next 10 callers who will call in today we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan this review is a $499 value we're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers what this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now we'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques, which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning for the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation.
3: Hey folks, here it is. This is a great way to be able to just begin the process. Uh, You know, a financial roadmap. Kevin and the team at uh, Frisbee and Associates, well, they understand they can take a lot of complexities and make it a lot easier to understand. Your chance to get a true practical financial review, if you've never done it before, now's the time. If you're looking for a second opinion, yes, it's a phone call away, 800 998 5649. 10 callers right now. Get that comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today, of course, but more importantly, it does become that roadmap that will help guide you to where you need to be. So, in short, you've got nothing to lose 10 callers 800-998-5649 again 800-998-5649
2: time once again to answer your questions that and more when we come right back
4: during the 1940s, brothers Harry and Joseph Kaufman, who owned a wholesale candy store in Pittsville, Massachusetts, acquired a wholesale toy company from a candy client who owed them money for outstanding debts. On September 21st, 1946, Kaufman Brothers opened a wholesale toy store, marking the company's entry into the wholesale toy industry. In 1948, Kaufman Brothers Incorporated ended its involvement in the candy business to focus entirely on the toy business. In 1973, the company ended its toy wholesaling to become a shopping mall-based toy retailer known as KB Toy and Hobby, with KB named after the initials in Kaufman Brothers. In 1977, the company name changed to KB Toy and Hobby Shops Incorporated. The company became a direct competitor to Toys R Us in 1994 when it expanded its mall locations and began opening stores known as KB Toy Works. In December 2000, Bain Capital purchased the company for $305 million in partnership with KB Toy's management team. KB Toys suffered tough competition during the 2003 Christmas season. With $300 million in debt, KB Toys filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in January 2004 and closed more than 600 stores, resulting in layoffs of more than 3,400 of the employees, 13,000 employees. KB Toys exited Chapter 11 bankruptcy in August 2005 with 90% of its ownership under PKBT Holdings, an affiliate of Prentice Capital Management. The company had 640 stores. Because of poor sales at its mall-based locations as well as competition, the company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy on December 11, 2008. The chain began going out of business sales that month. KB Toys brand and related intangible assets were sold by Stream Bank LLC to Toys R Us on September. 4th 2009, for a reported $2.1 million. Strategic Marks LLC, a company that buys and revives defunct brands, registered a trademark for KB Toys in 2016 after Toys R Us allowed the previous registration to lapse. In March 2018, Strategic Marks founder, Elia Kassoff, stated that due to Toys R Us going out of business in the United States, Strategic Marks planned to open 1,000 KB Toys pop-up stores across America for Black Friday. In early 2000, In 2018, Kassoff announced that the relaunch would be delayed until 2019. In March 2019, Kassoff cited a lack of funding as the reason that the pop-up stores did not open as planned. As of August 2020, there has been no news from strategic marks about the KB Toys revival.
3: we're back on financial safari with kevin frisbee having a great conversation today covering a lot of ground as always and uh, kevin of course and the team at frisbee and associates they uh i mean they are there for you and uh, you've got offices everywhere
2: i mean you you know you kind of cover the state we do <laughs> and i make my rounds uh periodically uh, depending on where people are located and calling in from as well as we've got advisors covering the state and and all the way down through massachusetts now so Again, if somebody's listening to the show, if you're traveling through Maine on vacation and you're from afar, we can do business in 50 states. So I've got clients that have relocated to Alaska and California and Washington state and Florida and wherever. Uh, we can we can talk and, uh, and, and talk you through some of these things, um, even if it's not face-to-face. We prefer face-to-face, obviously, if you're lo- close to an office location. Let's have you come in and let's sit down and, and talk eyeball to eyeball and figure sure. out if we can help you. All right.
3: Well, and again, you've also got a lot of seminars again. I know we're, we're kind of rounding the corner into August, hard to believe, but we are. Um, <laughs> so as we get closer to fall, the uh, the uh, s- seminar schedule heats up.
2: It does. And I'll, I'll make a couple mentions of some coming up right now. August 3rd is going to be an asset preservation workshop in Portland, Maine. Um, that's going to be from 10 a.m. until noontime. Uh, let's say we've got August 5th, we've got a retirement income planning workshop in Farmington, Maine. That's going to be 6 p.m. to 7.15. And then another one coming up September 29th, we've got a retirement income planning workshop back up in the Brewer, Maine area. So again, that's going to be from 6 to 7.15. And then one more I'll give here, let's say October 9th, going to be an asset preservation workshop in Auburn, Maine. So we're covering a lot of ground, a lot of things going on. If, If you're in a different location, you want to find out if we get a seminar coming up, give us a call and we can uh, let you know.
3: 800-998-5649. That's the number that can get you started, folks. All right, let's jump into a few of these questions while we still have some time. Sarah has checked in from Brunswick and says, can you explain the living benefit on life insurance? I never thought of life insurance as anything but a death benefit. So I'm curious as to how this works. I mean, it's again, the industry has really responded here, haven't they?
2: Yeah. The, the, the biggest thing, like you say, Steve, the industry, the, the insurance industry has responded here in a, in a great way. Um, I would say five, six years ago, they've they've started to come to create some of these these plans that have, have come to the market. Traditional long-term care, these living benefits are really kind of a replacement of a, long, a what I call a traditional long-term care policy. So the problem with the traditional long-term care policies, and I know a lot of people out there have them, and a lot of people don't like them. You spend money on a on a policy, an insurance policy for long-term care, meaning if you ever need to go in a nursing home or you need home care, whatever, you need to qualify for a specific reason, right? To collect on the policy. But if you never use it, all that premium you spent over all those years and sometimes decades is gone and you can never recoup that. So a, a living benefit life insurance policy is this. You buy a life insurance policy. So it's underwritten like a life insurance policy. The living benefit part says that, Traditionally you had to die to collect your life insurance benefit. In fact, no, so somebody you left behind could collect your life insurance benefits cuz you couldn't collect them, right? Sure. Now the living benefit says if you get diagnosed with a terminal illness, a critical illness, or a nursing home type illness, a chronic type illness and you qualify, you actually can get your death benefit prepaid while you're alive, prepaid to you so that you can turn around and help pay the nurses, help pay for care do whatever you want, and take it. Take that last trip, whatever that is, do whatever you want with the money. So the insurance company prices these out because they like a life insurance policy, so it's a fixed number, it's a fixed premium. And so there's a guaranteed on a premium, they never, they never will go up as long as you're paying your premium. So I like these living benefit life insurance policies as a tool to utilize to leave behind a more assets to pay income taxes, if if that's the goal in the household, and if you have you know a major issue, you can collect on them, or B, if you have a, a long term care type of event, instead of spending your your money, your investment money, leaving your partner spouse, uh, you know, with much less behind, or your your beneficiaries, this is a way to fill that gap. And it's so important to have those conversations
3: before something happens because after it's too late and and even though we might not
2: want to think about it, boy, I'd rather be prepared. Listen, Steve, I just had just a couple of weeks ago one of my I call him favorite clients. I have a lot of favorite clients, but yeah. it just came in for a review and he he says in normal 6-month review and he, he threw me a a, a curveball. He says, "Listen, I I I just want you to know, you know, so and so his spouse just got had a major stroke about a month ago. She's been in the hospital for almost a month. And so she seems to be moving her limbs and, and coming out of it a little bit, but he he's basically now asking me questions about how much can he get from his accounts, how fast can he get from the accounts. So when he goes from transition from the hospital to the nursing home, the the you know the, the burdens on him now to pay the bill and how much we talked about spend down in the state of Maine, the main care spend down and the threshold and and again that's a crisis situation, right? And and again, we didn't talk about these these living benefit life insurance policies, been a client actually longer and we just never kicked this idea around. You don't want to wait till the last minute is my point because life happens. And this is totally unexpected. I was blown away by this. Sure.
3: Well, I mean, that's the thing. Folks, I I mean, all of it's so important to have these conversations and you can have that and you can get started by calling 800-998-5649. Sarah, that's for you as well. And uh, all right, Daniel uh, is in Herman. He says, I'm preparing for retirement, trying to figure out where I should go for money to meet my income needs. I understand that it's important to start by withdrawing from... From Some accounts and save other accounts for later. What's the right sequence? Well, let me, let me just answer for, for Kevin. <laughs> you just call Kevin and, <laughs> and just make Kevin. it all, make it all, get it all put together. That's not, I mean, to me, that's not
2: a do it yourself proposition. What he's talking about there. It, no, it's not. If you're trying to minimize taxes, it's a do yourself. If you don't care about paying, you know, too much income taxes, right? That's <laughs> I mean, just that's the bottom line of it, right? And so, if Daniel, thanks for writing in. If you're preparing to, you know, for retirement, trying to figure out where and when to take money out, let's figure out what kind of accounts you have. Do you have four ones, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs? What does that look like? And then figure out when do you need money. How much do you need? Do you need it on on a monthly basis? Do you need it sometimes two two times a month? People don't know that. I mean, we, we are so so flexible here. If you have a job, let's say that you get paid every two weeks, we can make it so that you have a deposit come into your checking account every two weeks if, if you want to. So it's almost like you were working, except it's structured the same same payway. So let's figure out, Daniel, first, how much you have, where it's at, how much you need, and then make that choice of where that money comes from.
3: All right, I like it. Daniel eight hundred nine nine eight five six four nine. That's how it. That's that's the number that can get you started. Uh, Louise in Skowhegan says, "What makes a retirement
2: income plan structured? What does that mean?" Well, a structured retirement income plan could be that. Talking about Daniel's uh, question, right? Talking about how how is your money laid out there in different types of accounts, and is it structured where you have retirement monies? Uh, Roth monies, those type of things. And then structure your income plan so that you have certain monies coming from certain directions. And then maybe we bleed some accounts down and get and kind of get rid of them and tie up some loose ends. And then kind of structure your distributions uh, and your retirement income plan in that way. That That's what a structured retirement plan um, in my, my opinion it is Okay,
3: great. 800-998-5649. Uh, Melvin in Karina says, uh, I heard you mention a stretch IRA on the show. Can you explain how that works again? <laughs> well, it works a little differently than it did a year ago or a couple of years ago.
2: A little differently, Melvin. Thanks for writing in. So a stretch IRA means that somebody leaves behind an IRA to a beneficiary does not have to be a spouse in this case. What that means is <clears throat> your beneficiaries now have to take that money out of that IRA chassis. Even if it's a Roth, they have to take that money out over a 10 year period. They can delay and not take any money out until the end of the 10 years, but then they have to take it 100% out by the end of the 10th year. Okay. So it's very important to make sure that you're leaving beneficiary designations behind number one, but also who you leave money to and how do you leave that to, they're going to have a tax penalty or tax situation potentially depending on how much you leave behind and, and when it is at their life that they have to take that money.
3: Well, and, and again, those are the kinds of things that uh, this goes to education because that that whole stretch IRA completely changed. And I think there's a lot of folks who maybe had a stretch IRA set up and, and don't realize that there is the change. And, you know, maybe it's time to consider a Roth conversion at this point.
2: And, and that's the key here. So when we talk about Roth conversions, to your point, Steve, if we put a Roth conversion strategy, let's say you inherit an IRA and you put a Roth conversion strategy in place, it'll be much less of a burden on your, your beneficiaries tax-wise. So There's a lot that can be a benefit tax-wise to you in your, your lifetime by doing a, a Roth conversion strategy. And Roth conversion simply means we take IRA pre-tax monies, convert it to a Roth no for, never tax money pay the taxes on it right now but now there's never going to be a tax burden it could be a a, a benefit long term for generations actually
3: sure and again but those are the kinds of strategies that you can work with folks and 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 help put into play uh, Melvin it's 800-998-5649 holy cow the show has gone by so quickly kevin let's uh, let's turn uh, let's invite folks to call one
2: last time today sounds great steve for the next 10 callers who will call in today
3: Hey, folks, this is it. Your last opportunity today to give Kevin a call, get on the calendar, and, and just have the conversation. That's how it starts. It's 800-998-5649. Let them put together a financial roadmap for you. It's a it's a true practical financial review, and it is a phone call away at 800-998-5649. You heard, Kevin, the next 10 callers are going to get that comprehensive financial review, plus all the extras that Kevin talked about, the portfolio x-ray, the social security analysis, all of that included no cost, no obligation. And then when you walk out the door, you're going to have in your hand that roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-998-5649. 10 callers right now, 800-998-5649. Uh, Kevin, as always, my favorite hour of the week is just hanging out here with you. I mean, the stuff that, that you go over and that you you teach us, uh, it's, it's
2: invaluable. You know, it's it's great conversation. I mean, you make it easy to be able to talk through some of these things, obviously, Steve. And I think the, the the people, I was going to say the fans out there, the people out there in radio land listening to our shows week after week appreciate the fact that we come with a, 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 a you know information and good information that people can utilize. Absolutely.
3: Hey, we want to thank everybody for listening. Really do appreciate it. And we're going to be back again next week. New topics, new questions, and a whole lot more right here on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisby.